Love Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, is senior staff writer Ryan Whitfield. And we are very lucky to have a special guest returning to join us today, Jeff Carrier of the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast, which you should all know is one of the top ten fantasy football podcasts in the country. And even better than that, they were recently named as one of the top 20 podcasts of 2018 from all genres by LifeWire. So if you're not listening to them, you're really missing out. Go subscribe right now. Or, or actually, wait until the show's over and then go subscribe. It's probably better. Anyway, welcome back, Jeff. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, thanks for the awesome lead-in. And uh, just happy to be back talk some more fantasy football with you guys. Awesome, awesome. So this is really interesting, but from what I understand, you're developing a fantasy trade machine tool for NFL Talking Heads. So tell us a little bit more about that. What exactly is that, and how did you come up with that idea? Yeah, um, well, it's basically, as it kind of sounds, it's going to be something that you're going to be able to go online on our website at NFLTalkingHeads.com and just simply... Start evaluating trade offers. I'm sure that you guys receive plenty of uh, trade questions from your listeners as well as we do. And it's always such a hot topic. And definitely when the season starts, definitely a way that um, you're able to, one of the biggest ways that you can kind of change your team around, either through bad draft picks or having a plethora of picks at one particular position. So we're going to, at least for this year, we're going to have um, a kind of a simple one-off trade um, in standard and PPR leagues. And we're going to try and get in two quarterback leagues as well because we're big two quarterback league fans. Um, right. And the focus is you are going to get a value difference of the players you put in. So that way you can, before you approach you know, someone else in your league, you have something to kind of work off of as a framework in terms of are you going to get screwed in this trade? Is this in favor of your trade? And hopefully, if everyone's kind of in agreement, then you, the league, whichever league and league owners, can have a little bit of something to work off of. All right. Well, that sounds fantastic because I'm always getting screwed in trade. So this will be a really good tool for me. <laughs> Everybody, go check out this tool. It's coming soon. Go check out NFL Talking Heads uh, podcast. Okay. We got lots to cover today, so we're going to get going position by position, discussing the top rookies for fantasy football, as well as those who are flying under the radar, both season-long and redraft dynasty and, sorry, season-long redraft and dynasty league. So if we're not going to have technical difficulties, I'm going to stumble over my words, but that's the way it's going to work. Let's get started here. All right, quarterbacks were all the hype this year, and we had a record five quarterbacks go in the first round of the 2018 NFL draft. So tell me, Jeff, of all the quarterbacks drafted, what are your top three for season-long redraft in Dynasty Fantasy Football Leagues? And are there any other quarterbacks that are flying under the radar that fantasy football players should keep an eye on? Yeah, so for the top two, I have the same in terms of redraft and Dynasty Um Number one being um, – and one and two is kind of interchangeable for me, um, 1A and 1B. But the top two for me is pretty clear. It's Baker Mayfield um, going to Cleveland. 
They seem to have a new presence there in Cleveland. I am, although one of those people that I'm very hesitant drafting Cleveland players, so I can completely understand people if just because of the landing spot or just being Cleveland. But obviously, they definitely have a new makeup of a team. Um, one of the most or the most accurate quarterback coming out of college, so that's always important. And then my second is Josh Rosen. Um, I still, even mm. though there is Sam Bradford there, um, he seemed to be the most NFL ready. Um, he was taking uh, snaps underneath center. They kind of ran a little bit more of a NFL pro offense. So he is my number two. I know there's some injury concerns there, but I don't believe Sam Bradford uh, will hold up because history has told us that he won't. And for redraft mm-hmm. leagues, uh, my number three would be Sam Darnold, just out of just out of the principle of basically going to be starting day one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that's really the only main reason there. Um, I'm not too sure what to expect out of him, but we've seen a lot with quarterbacks. You don't necessarily have to be really good in NFL purposes to be productive in fantasy. So the Jets are, you know, you know expect to kind of play from behind, um, which might play to Sam Donald's strengths and for fantasy purposes. Third on my list for dynasty purposes specifically is Lamar Jackson, just simply mm-hmm. because with, with the legs, um, we've seen quarterbacks with Cam Newton, Deshaun Watson last year, Russell Wilson, you name it. Um, especially if you're playing in a four point for passing touchdown league, these quarterbacks are extremely valuable. The ones that are getting points on the ground. So if you can hold out for three quarters of the year or one year um, in your rookie draft, Lamar Jackson forecast to be the starter at the latest by 2019. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you before you get on to any possible, you know, those or who might be flying under the radar about Sam Darnold. You're not worried about Josh McCown being there or Teddy Bridgewater. You know, I'm really not. And um, me and uh, Seth, my co-host had talked about this and he was a little concerned uh, himself. Uh, Josh McCown, absolutely not. I, I mean, he might be re- might be better day one, but when you're investing in third overall pick, I mean, we just have to go back to all the other quarterbacks that have been drafted in the top ten. They are just forced on the field earlier and earlier. The Bears gave a $45 million contract to Mike Glennon just in the same year that they drafted Trubisky at, at second mm-hmm. overall. So I don't think there's going to be any issue, Sam Donald, basically climbing the depth chart and starting on projecting day one. Well, you don't have to remind me of the disaster known as Mike Glennon because I'm a Bears fan. So I know how that (laughs) turned out. Ryan, why don't we turn over to you? What are your thoughts about this top three and any other, you know, concerns about any of those guys? I know you're a big Lamar Jackson fan. So do you have any thoughts on any of those guys? Yeah, so – yeah, to be boring, I, I pretty much agree with that list uh, straight straight from the top down. Um, I have Rosen as my number one guy. Uh, kind of a late-breaking opinion for me was that I was high on Lamar Jackson, but especially given where they fell, uh, each of them respectively, Rosen being in Arizona with David Johnson returning, Larry Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. um, if they can ever figure out their receiving core beyond Larry Fitzgerald, which, I mean, eventually they're going to have to. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's the best place for him. And I really do like Rosen's makeup. Uh, and then obviously just, you know, uh, Jackson ending up in a place where he's behind uh, Flacco. Uh, I, we're also, me and Jeff, are in complete agreement um, that we shouldn't even mention Josh Allen's name because I think he is going to be uh, a, an absolute bust here. And, uh, you know, <laughs> wow. you can't complete 60% of your passes at any point in your life past Pop Warner. Uh, and that's a huge, uh, you know, red flag to me. So 
Um, yeah, pretty much up and down. I agree with everything. Uh, you know, uh, the, the the stack order of those guys, and I don't know if you. Uh, I think you said one A and one B on uh, Mayfield and uh, and Rosen. I would just flip them. That I have Rosen slightly ahead, and just you know, I've been I've been burned by the Browns in, in fantasy football one too many times. We all have. Despite all the weapons they seem to accumulate, um, you know, I'm not buying until I see it this time. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And and I can tell you this: I have a friend of mine is actually related to Joe Flacco, so I I, I hesitate to ask how he felt when the Ravens <laughs> traded up to get Lamar Jackson. I'm sure he was not too thrilled about that. So Jeff, let's turn it back over to you. Did you have any other quarterbacks that you would put on your radar for fantasy football purposes? You know, I really don't. Um, it's you know, if you're in dire need, Josh Allen will be throwing the football, so that's a plus this year. But mm-hmm. anyone else? <laughs> Anyone else this year, um, especially, I don't see, you know, anyone else getting a crack at starting. And even long term, you know, I know a lot of people were kind of on the Mason Rudolph bandwagon. I really wasn't. He falls to the th- in, to the third round and ends up being behind Big Ben. And I think Big Ben's going to be there for a number of years. So I think that's going to be much more of a A.J. McCarron scenario where we're just going to forget about him. He's just not going to develop the way that maybe people projected going into the draft. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's uh, a lot of great information on the quarterback position. Let's go ahead and ring the bell on that and move on over to the running backs, who as a group weren't quite as hyped as the quarterbacks, but it certainly contained perhaps the most hyped player of the entire draft in Saquon Barkley. In fact, according to ESPN.com, and as specifically predicted by OBJ on Twitter, Barkley had the top-selling jersey of any rookie on the first night of the NFL draft ever. So he's popular with the fans, but uh, should he be and and should others be popular for fantasy football? Jeff, let's start with you. Give us your top three running back rookies for single season redraft leagues and dynasty leagues. And and then we're going to talk to you about uh, those who might be flying under the radar. So for number one is obviously Saquon Barkley. You know, I'm going to be really, really interested in seeing where he goes in these redraft leagues. I've been kind of, uh, the type of player that has shot away from these super high rated rookies, just because they're going around players that are, you know, in the top 15, top 10, they're going around players that are just complete studs, you know, like is someone going to take Barkley over Kamara. I've always struggled with that in the past. Cause I'm, I play a little bit more conservative in the early rounds um, because drafting Kamara versus Barkley, I feel like I'm not going to lose a league as long as I don't make that mistake. But he is clearly the number one. Um, they've improved that offensive line a great deal this offseason. I mean, Eli Manning is one of the big winners from this draft, I think, with um, and offseason as a whole. Number two, um, I think I have number one and number two kind of clear-cut. Um, and number two is Darius Geis. And he definitely projects better as a standard player versus a PPR player because they're going to – he already wasn't really utilized as a pass catching back at LSU, um, although he seemed to do a fine job when asked upon. But they have Chris Thompson there. They're not going to need him to do that job. Uh, he should be the goal line back. He's a violent runner. He's a physical freak. I know he fell a little bit in the draft over some character concerns. Um, but this could be – we've seen a lot of people draft just uh, Dalvin Cook last year, for example, and that didn't seem to have an issue so I really like those two running backs. Those are my clear two. Number three is is really tough. Um, and for at least redraft, I think I would definitely go Rashad Penny. Um, and I've already kind of liked him before he was drafted, but the, the draft capital that Seattle uses 
and there they have a couple other nice pieces you could say, but being a first round running back and I could just see Russell Wilson having to dump off star penny a ton. He's going to have to pick up his pass blocking game a lot. Cause that was one of his uh, weaknesses in college. And it was actually one of the worst in college. Um, but I could see him being uh, really good for dynasty purposes for the running back position long-term, you know, maybe at number three, I would put uh, Sonny Michelle over Rashad Penny. It's really tough taking any type of New England running back. But, of course, you know, anytime you see a team drafted running back in the first round, you have to feel like that they're going to give them uh, a majority of the workload. And a Patriot running back, at least as long as Tom Brady's a quarterback, doesn't need to be – doesn't need 25 touches to be overly productive, especially if getting mm-hmm. the goal line carries. So I, I like him. Um the way that they use their running backs has been great. And we saw Deion Lewis really take a lead role last year. And that really helped keep defenses a little bit more balanced in terms of, Hey, we're bringing, um, you know, New England's bringing in James white. They're passing in the past. They'd always have like Garrett Blunt, you know, he's not going to be going out for a pass. Now Sonny Michelle allows them to be a little bit more uh, disguising. Should, should we say in terms of what direction they're heading to on each down. Okay. All right. So I I got some follow-up questions on that, but let me turn it back over to Ryan for a second and get his take on this. Ryan, what are your thoughts on these top three running running back rookies? And uh, what are your thoughts if they're any different? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think, I think guys, I, I mean, Saquon Barkley obviously uh, was, you know, a big winner fantasy wise. Uh, the big, the big losers, the 2020 New York Giants, when uh, Eli continues to to regress and they're stuck with him and they've got to use the top uh, a top end pick on a quarterback. But I digress. Um, a guy, a guy named uh, a name that that uh, Jeff didn't use there that I like that I was high on prior to the draft and I actually kind of liked the the landing spot for him um, was uh, on Johnson going to Detroit. Um, still desperate for a running game. Um, and, you know, I think that he might have a limited role to start, but I think he could emerge as the guy down the, stret, uh, down the stretch here. Um, and in Seattle, you know, I, I, all I would do is uh, reiterate what Jeff said, but I do want to um, just throw in quickly while I can here on a non-fantasy topic, where, or for me who had him in a keeper league, apparently the, the disrespect for Chris Carson continues. So, um, <laughs> you know, I think, I think he loses out in this deal. Um, but aside from that, you know, Carryon Johnson was really the only other name that I that I had on my list that I'm that I'm keeping an eye on because I think he could uh, end up, you know, uh, out beating out Amir Abdullah and the rest of them rest of them there in Detroit for that spot. Uh, so, so Ryan, let me ask you: You, you actually are you thinking that Carryon Johnson will be actually in a, a lead back role or kind of a, or do you think he's going to be kind of a supplemental type back role like early on? I mean, what are you envisioning in Detroit if somebody were to take him this year? Yeah, so I'm I'm envisioning a real kind of running back by committee um, early on, but again, I just think that that that, that position is open to win. Um, you know, I said in the pre-draft, actually, Mark Leopold and me, who was on our show last week, um, we're going back and forth on Twitter about it. That um, you know, I thought he could be similar as far as a breakout candidate like Kamara, uh, Alvin Kamara, although a different type of runner. Um, right. I think having him spelled on third downs. Uh, at least initially, there's some concern, uh, concerns about his frame and being able to take on the full three-down backload. Um, so, you know, I don't, I wouldn't expect that at least not initially. Uh, but I think they'll kind of ease him in. But I could see him as a guy that 
you know, around the quarter turn in the year, around week five or so, that starts to emerge as the premier back uh, in Detroit just because, um, you know, I just have never really been in love with any of uh, any of the other options that they have there right now. And then, and what about, you know, LeGarrette Blunt? Of course, you know how LeGarrette Blunt can be the ultimate vulture when it comes to fantasy football. He's going to be over there. Matt Patricia's over there. You know, obviously they – I'm not saying he had anything to do with the way LeGarrette Blunt was used when he was at uh, uh, New England. But, you know, are you worried that uh, you're going to have this poaching situation and, and that will probably dr- might drain some of his value? Yeah, I mean, you always have to be, uh, be concerned about the poaching uh, issue with LeGarrette. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he kind of sucks. And uh, <laughs> last year, you know, last year it's obviously a huge drop down. I mean, talk about a guy that was, uh, you know, earmarked for, for regression in the touchdown category last year. Um, and I just see him as almost like a veteran guy to bring in to try to, you know, spice up the the – the competition in camp, but I don't. I, I wouldn't have any real long-term concerns about Legarrette Blunt. If right. let me put it this way: if Legarrette Blunt uh, emerges as a real factor for Detroit, that says more about Carryon Johnson in my my projection of him and how wrong it was than it does about Legarrette Blunt. <laughs> Look at that Patriots fan taking a shot at Legarrette Blunt. What a shock! Uh, let's go and turn it back over uh, here, uh, Jeff. Why don't you tell us what do you have as far as uh, running backs that might be flying under the radar? Yeah, I think. I think one of the names is definitely, as Ryan mentioned, uh, on Johnson. You know, he, he seems to be a little bit of a favorite here in what it sounds like in some of the uh, fantasy communities early on uh, for many of the reasons that uh, Ryan mentioned, though. Um, so he does have a really nice balanced frame. He's, you know, not slender like Ronald Jones. And they don't have a ton of competition there in terms of in terms of high quality. I mean, they have a lot of competition, but you know, none of it is going to scare you. Um, you know, in terms of you know negatives against Karen Johnson, of course, you got to wonder how is Matt Patricia going to handle that that backfield coming from New England? Is he going to embody something very similar? But we've seen in the past where you know Kamara gets kind of downgraded because they bring in Adrian Peterson Dalvin Cook gets kind of downgraded because they give a lot of money to Latavius Murray and you know these teams want to win uh football games so as long as Carrion's the best I think he's going to rise to the top and might take a few weeks uh to a month but he graded out really good at the pass um pass blocking back and that's always really important in the NFL so I don't think he'll have a problem getting up there uh the other person I liked a lot um when I liked a good bit was Ronald Jones. I think his, I think he's probably projects a little bit better as a redraft candidate just because they have no mm-hmm. one else there. And Tampa Bay still was able to be fairly productive with their quarterbacks in terms of fantasy. Now their quarter, their running backs, should I say, was not overly um, efficient, but mm-hmm. they were able to get a lot of points from catching out of the backfield. Ronald Jones is a blazer. Uh, he probably projects a little bit better as an edge rusher, but he he's going to be the best person they have there. So I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on him. And the, the other, the other, you know, I know a lot of people are talking about uh, one of the winners in this draft might be Marlon Mack. Uh, mm-hmm. But another name that I would keep um, on the radar is Jordan Wilkins. Um, he yep. came out of the fifth round. Now the issue with the Indianapolis Colts and why I'm not high on Marlon Mack is because they're going to, they're going to play a, running back by committee to, you know, to the 10th degree, uh, the same way that Philly did when Frank Reich was in Philly and Doug Peterson came from Kansas city. So there's a, there's a long history there in terms of running backs by committee, but if Jordan Wilkins is going basically undrafted, he's going to have a good shot at, at getting carries 
this upcoming year just because they simply don't have anyone else on the roster besides Marlon Mack. And let me ask you, what about Royce Freeman? I mean, I, I, uh, I mean, he kind of sticks out there over in the over in Denver and uh, third round pick. How, do you have any feelings about Royce Freeman? Yeah, the thing with Royce Freeman, um, I mean, the the landing spot is 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 phenomenal. Um, and Devontae Booker, I think we can all agree, has had his opportunity and lost it. And them drafting mm-hmm. someone in this, in, um, I believe, in the second round, um, in you know. I don't know. Actually, it was a third round. I'm not high on Royce Freeman, so I see the opportunity there in terms of touches, kind of like Ronald Jones. Like, he could be decent fantasy this upcoming year, but I could also be see him being one of those people that is, is okay for production-wise fantasy because he's getting a lot of touches. He's getting force-fed the ball, but Denver might realize he's not the key to the future and, and then might end up getting drafted another running back. These teams, it's kind of weird. Year after year, we've seen certain teams just keep drafting new running backs every year. And Denver, you know, just drafted um, Devontae Booker. And we saw Baltimore do it like three, four years in a row. Um, yep. Royce Freeman, really poor at pass blocking. So that's a concern. Um, so he's a little bit further down my list. And I would, I would keep an eye on him only for the purpose of the fact that no one else is there. Okay. All right. Well, lots of good information on the running backs. Let's go ahead and ring the bell on that and move on to the next position that's the wide receivers who again weren't nearly as hyped as the quarterbacks and the running backs but there's plenty of potential fantasy football goodness to be had there the question is whether that goodness is for real or simply fool's gold jeff give us your top three rookie rookie wide receivers for single season redraft leagues and dynasty leagues yeah for the top two um the top two wide receivers I have are probably the same in terms of both formats, dynasty and redraft, which is uh, in, in no particular order, um, very close. DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley. I think Calvin Ridley finds himself in a, a perfect kind of fit situation where he doesn't have to be the number one. He does, he's not that type of receiver. He can play the slot underneath uh, Julio Jones when he's drawing all the coverage. So I think that's a good fit. I know there's a lot of miles to feed there, but that offense can be explosive. I think it's a good fit. He can basically come in day one and kind of be the, be the type of receiver that, that he is. DJ Moore, um, a physical freak, you know, tested off the charts, uh, only really needs that one drag route or a quick slant to you know, take it from 40, 50 yards. And they don't have any other wide receivers there, so they're going to rely on him a lot. Uh, so I think those are definitely the top two. For more long-term I really like Christian Kirk out of Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. I take it in the second round from Arizona. Um, I don't know if he's going to be able to slide. He, I mean, he might be fairly productive this year, um, but definitely long-term, especially now that they have Josh Rosen. Um, I really liked uh, the tape that I saw from him. I know he projects to be a little bit more of a, only a slot guy, but we've seen how productive these certain slot wide receivers can be, especially for fantasy and especially in PPR. Um, he's pretty good. The only other person I guess I, uh, let me give you uh, two other names that these are all just so close in wide receivers is, uh, mm-hmm. Dante Pettis in, in, uh, San Francisco and Anthony Miller. They're both going to slide in and be potential starters day one. Anthony Chicago needs, you know, that slot guy. I know they have Taylor Gabriel, but Anthony Miller went a little bit underneath the radar, uh, was actually projected, picked a little bit higher, I think, than, than people thought. And then Dante Pettis um, was definitely picked a little bit higher. But San Francisco, he's kind of like a Swiss Army knife for Kyle Shanahan. He's going to be doing reverses and punt returns and all kinds of stuff. So he might touch the ball only 
uh, a few times a game, but each time he touches it, it could be explosive. All right. So, Ryan, I'm going to turn it over to you for a second. What are your thoughts on those wide receivers and any other people you're thinking in the top three? Yeah, so I'm going to, again, be boring and, you know, echo the top two here. Um, DJ Moore, I think, is, uh, you know, the, the, clearly the number one guy and going to get his touches, and I think he could have a breakout year. Um, obviously, you know, uh, I like Steve Smith. He's quickly becoming my favorite analyst. He was one of my favorite football players, and uh, <laughs> he gave quite the ringing endorsement draft night for him. So, um, you know, I'll side with, uh, with Jeff and uh, with, my, uh, uh, with my boy Steve Smith Sr. there on that one. Um, Calvin Ridley, who you know I'm not a fan of, um, but I agree, again, the fit to be, you know, who a lot of people thought would be the, the number one receiver in this class to go to a place where he can take kind of a secondary role on a high-flying offense um, with the most grossly overpaid quarterback in the league. Um, <laughs> yep. You know, we'll, be, uh, we'll, we'll benefit him. And then third, this one's not a top three guy, but, uh, you know, sometimes you know me well enough, Akun, that I got to die on a, you know, die on certain hills. And um, I think yep. it's an absolute travesty. My boy Alan Lazard was not drafted. Um, but, however – pretty unprecedented that that Jacksonville made guarantees to Alan Lazard when they when they signed him as an undrafted free agent um, that they would not sign any other or sign any other undrafted wide receivers when they took him um, I'm not a big D.D. Westbrook fan um, Marquise Lee's a nice player not great so I think he could ultimately even though um, probably a lot of people were people were obviously sleeping on him going into the draft I think there's even more people sleeping on him now um, but I think he could actually work his way into a starting role with Jacksonville and be a, a useful player and with a guy who's pretty inaccurate, as Blake Bortles is, having a big-bodied receiver uh, who really uses his frame to box out coverage and high-point footballs and is really physical the way he catches. Um, you know, I think that, that he could be a good, a good late, real, real late-round steal, especially in uh, dynasty drafts. All right, and uh, I'm gonna turn it over to Jeff uh, here for real quick. We we're running a little short on time, but any any work, rookie wide receivers running under the radar? Do you want to mention? Um, I I think that I think I covered most of them. You know, I, a lot of people are kind of high on Cortland Sutton. I think he's definitely a much more of a long-term play. I'm not going to be looking at him on redraft leagues unless Denver kind of moves on. Um, and I'll be very interested in Michael Gallup. Uh, I got to do a little bit more research okay. on him personally, but. Um, obviously, with that hole there in Dallas, um, you know, everyone's got to keep him on their radar as well. All right. Let's bring the bell on the wide receivers. Turn over to tight ends. Only got a couple minutes left, guys. So let's talk about this in, uh, in short form. Typically not a big deal as rookies with regard to fantasy football. But we saw what Evan Engram did last year. So, Jeff, tell us, who's your top three rookie tight ends for a single season redraft and dynasty league? Yeah, just real quick, I'll say uh, Mike uh, – uh, Gasecki, uh, if I'm saying mm-hmm. that correctly, uh, is probably the number one. Um, number two is most likely uh, Jordan uh, Atkins. And number three would be one of the Baltimore guys, uh, potentially Hayden Hurst. Um, just kind of, kind of going off the fit and need there, um, especially with the Miami guy being a little bit more of a receiving type. Yeah, what a shame for Dallas Goddard, though, going to uh, Philly. He's not going to have much of a role behind Ertz unless he gets injured. But let me turn it over to you, Ryan. What are your thoughts on the tight ends real quick? Yeah, I mean, exactly the same. Dallas Goddard was my favorite uh, tight end coming into the draft, but for fantasy purposes, ending up in Philadelphia, uh, you know, couldn't have been a worse spot unless he ended up in New England behind Gronkowski. So, um, <laughs> right. back to everything you two just said. 
Yeah, so I I know I I love Mike Gusecki too. I think he was actually my favorite tight end. I was surprised that Hayden Hurst got uh, got selected first. All right, we're actually running down to the very end here. Any of those uh, tight ends running under the radar that people should uh, keep an eye on, Jeff? Um, I guess one name could be an Ian Thomas. I know that Carolina just brought back Greg Olson for a couple of years, uh, so it could take a little bit of time, a la Hunter Henry. But uh, mm-hmm. he might be a name that you know you can get really late in your rookie drafts or. Um, I guess that would be probably the, the main area that I would look at him, but are, you know, barring an injury to Greg Olson. All right. Fantastic fantasy football knowledge from Jeff and from Ryan. I'm going to blow the horn on this session. That was fantastic. Thank you so much. Well, that is all the time we have today. So let's uh, first give a big thank you to Jeff Carrier of the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast. If you ever tune into them, go give them a listen. They are fantastic. Plus, keep an eye out for their new fantasy trade machine tool which is coming real soon hey jeff why don't you give us your social media accounts so people can follow you yeah pretty easy i think across the board everything is nfl talking heads all right (laughs) so google that and follow all of it anything that says nfl talking heads that is that is where you need to go ryan how about your twitter and instagram so people can follow you yeah so first jeff want to extend a thank you to you for coming on a second time you were our first guest last year and it's kind of started a a really successful year for us and a string of guests yeah. coming on and uh, put us in touch with the guys from beer Field fantasy. So uh, deep, uh, deep and sincere. Uh, thank you for me. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Whitfield, any where I just surpassed 1000 Twitter followers. So please All follow right. me on uh, our Instagram is football underscore garbage underscore time. And check out my boys at drafting sleepers.com, the social network for fantasy sports. All right, yeah, and and it is uh, that is truly a good point there, Jeff. You really did start a trend for us, and it was fantastic. So thank you so much for that. We look forward to having you back on the show again as we get closer to fantasy football season. All right, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll be back next week with much more NFL news and nonsense. And until then, enjoy your NFL week. Thanks, guys. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.